Fellas, welcome to the Commission of Business Leaders in Buffalo. Thanks, Morty. Thanks. What's on the agenda for today? Uh, it's, I, th- I, think, I think it's time we finally focus on that we all have competing Ferris wheels. Yeah, let's, let's sort out this Ferris wheel issue. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know about you, but me here at Buffalo Cigar Works, I got a million dollars in PPP loans. I yeah. know you guys got a million dollars in PPP loans. Sure, they went went all of the employees, though. And in case anybody's recording, wink, wink, I, of course, spent it all on personnel costs. All on personnel costs. Right. To them. My five employees, I spread out amongst them. Yeah. For my mini golf course. Right. Yeah, my three employees. Right. Making $300,000 a year this year. Wink, 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 wink. Don't look at their taxes. Right. Just just trust me on this. Right. Don't don't look at it. It might have been in kind. Don't look at any 1099s. No. Now, you might ask, why does the Buffalo Bike Shop Works need a Ferris wheel? And the answer is pretty self-evident, I think. I mean, you know, you want to ride your bike on the Ferris wheel. Yeah, fellas, we don't have to compete. I think we have have our own Ferris wheel ideas. Mm -hmm. You can ride a bike on your Ferris wheel. Right. How's you that could, going? You could, well, I, I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I did it yesterday. And you, you got the mini golf shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my Ferris wheel counts as one of the holes. Mm-hmm. So it's part of the, the obstacle course there. And, I and got, you get to ride on a and, Ferris and wheel. And we at Buffalo Cigar Works have the only pro-smoking Ferris wheel in North America. That's cool. And I just think it's a damn shame. Now we can't hire anybody because the, the big government fat cats want to... Just give everything away for free, and nobody wants to work. Right, I nobody know. wants to work. You know, and yeah. here I am trying to never, ride my Ferris wheel. Never mind a Ferris wheel costs as much as I got for my PPP loan. That's right. neither here nor there. Right, I can't afford to pay them three hundred dollars a week. No. So let me ask you this. Now I know there were a bunch of wildfires that caused a lot of hazy, oh, yeah. if, hazy skies. If you, but that if, wasn't that wasn't the cause of it in Western New York. It was definitely your Ferris wheel. Right. Oh, if you come by my Ferris wheel, right. it, it, the wildfires in Oregon look like nothing nothing compared to this with the smoke. Los Angeles is like, wow, our air is clean. Is there drinking involved? Of course. How many people have fallen over? You know, what are you, my insurance company now? No, I'm just wondering if it's more than mine. Oh, I mean, dozens. Yeah, yeah. Mine are mostly kids, so. Oh, well, they they can grow back. Right. That's, they'll, they'll heal. They got soft yeah. bones. They're bouncy. They're bouncy. And what I don't understand is why people give me a hard time. They say, oh, uh, you should pay your employees more. And it's like, well, yeah, I pay them a lot of money, but it also costs a lot to uh, maintain a Ferris wheel for bicycles. Mm-hmm. They like, get as many free Ferris wheel rides as they can handle. Well, the people don't ride. No, it's for the bicycles. Hey. No, Morty, we, we don't. Hold on. The people don't ride the Ferris. You put the bicycles well, no. on, and then they're just in a big circle. Well, no, when I'm having a kind of a rough month, I pay them in Ferris wheel rides. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Yeah. I, uh, that makes sense. I, you know, I advertise that they get tips. Right. Now, a lot, not a lot of people tip your cigar worker. No. But they do I, get tips. I never do. Right. All right. And welcome back to the Square Podcast. We have Jim. This time. We have Ryan, a.k.a. Snake. More or less. And Ree, as always. So we will have our friend of the pod, actually actual friend, of course, and uh, uh, just overall good guy, Ed Grabianowski on in a little bit. We good guy, will, Ed. Good guy, Ed. Last time he was on as a journalist, as uh, our, our go-to spooky guy. 
mm-hmm. from last year's spooky season. But he will be joining us today as the uh, the lead singer of Space Lord, his awesome band. And we'll talk more about Space Lord and, and Ed in a bit. But on to the, the stuff that's going on. All this, all this stuff. It just keeps happening. Stuff mm-hmm. just keeps happening. Cut it out. It seems like you know it's rather serendipitous that we start a podcast and stuff starts happening. Mm-hmm. Stuff, yeah. Not everything. Nothing happened before we did this podcast. Right. All of a sudden, yeah. we did the podcast and, and stuff happens. Shit happens. It's like crime didn't start in Gotham until Batman started hanging around. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're the Batman. I mm-hmm. think so. Right. That's why Commissioner Gordon's always putting the square pod light, uh, square light up on top of the precinct and he's like oh come on yeah we need the square guys here yeah yep yep you're welcome public you're welcome we're 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 the heroes that you deserve or need i don't know we are definitely not the opposite of batman Mm -hmm. we're the good yeah we're better than batman the square podcast better than batman right Uh, well first of all sure we all wear utility belts but our stuff has good stuff in it yeah like a fifth of whiskey and mushrooms right cigars cigars (laughs) cigars Cigars, cigars. Ah, oh, guys, the uh, the race that never ends. It uh, it keeps going. But we, I mean, you know, it gives us stuff to talk about. So we're actually not mad about it. If you're sick of it, listener, fuck you. This is this is the shit you come for. You little piggies, you love this shit. Mm-hmm. You little freaks love to hear about. Oh, what what fundraising thing happened in the mayor's race this week? I mean, of course we're gonna cover it because you know that's what we do. But. It doesn't occupy a lot of my mental space other than when I record this podcast, but I'm dialed in and I'm thinking about it now. So we've got the mayor's race, Jim. And what is incumbent mayor Byron Brown doing to, uh, to try to increase his chances of winning in November? Oh, well, he's decided that state guidelines be damned. He's going to run petitions to create his own party, an independent nominating line. Now, the deadline for this was three months ago in May. Oh, well, how's it going for him? Well, you know, I mean, better than it would be going for most people. I'll tell you, he's got the money and he's got the cachet that, like, they're going to take this seriously. If one of the three of us was like, you know what? Fuck deadlines. We're going to run petitions anyways. They would laugh us out of the building. But he's got, you know, like close to a million dollars to fight the legal battles. So they're going to take it seriously. I I responded in our group chat that Jeremy Zellner can't get cucked like this (laughs) Uh, (laughs) with the the board of elections. uh, Uh, No, I mean, like, look, it's it's one of those things where it's just like, I mean, you can't do this. There are rules literally saying that, hey, you can't do this. The deadline is passed. There's no the the Byron Brown campaign provided no formal basis in this they, they provided no reasoning why they should be able to have the buffalo party as he likes to call it submit petitions to this deadline that they just made up well their, their rationale is that the deadline used to be in august but that was when the primary was in september which hasn't been the case for what five years six it's a, years it's been a while it's been a while that the primary got moved to june his rationale is like well back in the old days uh it used to be that you could do the independent nominating petitions up until august so why isn't it still the case and i mean based off of that rationale like maybe we should be like also back in the old days uh women couldn't vote so uh let's no no more women voters this year i mean they they changed the rules this would literally be like changing the rules just for byron brown's right that's literally the only rationale that they could present for this he's got to be the biggest sore loser next to donald trump 
Like, who's the bigger sore loser? Ooh. Well, he hasn't lost yet, is the problem. Well, he but, has. I mean, he lost the primary. Right. But he hasn't lost the mayoral election yet. So we'll, we will see what that would look like. But, right. you know, he's still, he's, still, he's still in it in this election. So, I mean, it makes sense that he's trying to explore every avenue that he can. It might even be something where he's just trying to keep... I, I, I don't know if he expects to be successful with this. What I do think is that he wants to try to keep everybody on their toes and just throw punches wherever he thinks they could land. I, I, I see this gambit as being like no lose for him, partly because over a third of the petitions were carried by Republicans for him. So he didn't have to crank out his people. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Uh, as as Jeff Kelly from the Buffalo News pointed out, even John Dandies from the from Rich Products and the Buffalo Bisons, as Jeff said, be stirred himself up to get one signature. <laughs> Um, wow. But I mean, you you got people like Bobby Matthews who works as a Republican at the Board of Elections. So I'm sure he didn't do this without Ralph Moore's knowledge. This wasn't this is not a surprise oh, to the God. Republican Elections Commissioner that Bobby Matthews is out there. Uh, but why I say it's a no lose thing is because like if this works, well then he's on the ballot and people don't have to write him in. If it doesn't work, he gets to go and say how the Erie County Democratic Chairman who has come out in favor of his opponent stopped him from letting people have a choice in November. You say it's no lose. I think, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's pretty accurate. Although I will say that I'm sure it will leave a sour taste in the mouths of a lot of people who might not even be so invested in this race. You look like basically like this petulant act of, well, you got to put me on the ballot. And it, I, I don't know the vibe that I'm getting. It, it doesn't seem to be as a successful a gambit as I think that he thought it might be. I think a lot of people are, are put off, frankly, by Byron Brown, uh, trying to pull this off this this nonsense off because the rules are the rules dude we said the same thing about india walton and the working families party line the petitions like it sucks sometimes when you the the thing that you don't want (laughs) happens but like the rules are the rules and you know they're they're there for a reason the reason being like you wanted to be on the buffalo party byron brown you should have done it when the fucking time frame was there for it well, he didn't want to be on the Buffalo Party because I, I know, he expected to win the primary. I, I know, but that's what I'm trying to say. Is like this just this ex post facto garbage, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I ultimately think that his gambit loses. I think that I think that the local board of elections punts on it because obviously Zellner's gonna be opposed to it. I thought Ralph Moore wouldn't maybe be opposed to it because he's generally a rule follower, but if his staff is out there doing petitions for it, maybe he's more inclined to listen. I, I, so I think it gets punted to the state board of elections. And I think at the state board of elections, they're like, we are not opening this can of worms of letting people do petitions whenever they want. No. So Byron Brown, Phelan Byron Brown, um, but he has friends. He has help, uh, clearly in the Republican Party, but also, gentlemen, I would say perhaps in the pages of the Buffalo Snooze. Mm. <sighs> Ooh. <laughs> Well, they've wo- hey, they've woken up. Okay, the uh, the sleeping the sleeping lion has awoken in the Buffalo News, and wouldn't you know it, boys? They are on the prowl to belabor this metaphor, but they're they're on the hunt for India Walton. They're out to get her. They are they are certainly out to get her, and they will use any bit of hearsay they can to do so. We have a story that came out. Uh, is this like a repeat story about some kind of arrest or something that happened in her yeah, home? Yeah, they, they've already brought this up in the past, and then they, they brought it out, and they're like, well, it didn't get as much attention as we wanted to the first time, so we're going to make it a full-length feature story. I mean, sure. You know, like, you're just going to keep going back to this well, this complete non-story 
where we talked about it on here before that maybe some dubious sources is it's it's complete malarkey. Well, and again, it's like what I may use that phrase. You may. It's not problematic. (laughs) We're not canceled malarkey yet. Uh, No, it's it's one of those things where it's just like what really is happening is you just want people to open the news and see India Walton arrest. Right. That's literally all they're doing. That's that that was the headline. uh, Right. And they they don't want you to read the story because the story is like, well, we the the person we talked to was the husband of the woman who made this complaint. And we found out about it because this husband of the woman told the mayor, told Byron Brown about it. Mm -hmm. And then somehow we found out. And then as Dan Telvok pointed out and Jeff Kelly were like, when we foiled for all the the records from the Buffalo police about India Walton, when she ran for office, none of these details were in there. Oh, you mean actually doing real journalistic work? Right. When they did it, none of these details were in there. So all this stuff somehow got released, even though it wasn't supposed to be released or wasn't originally in there. All these additional details somehow got out to uh, the Buffalo News. It's almost like maybe the Buffalo Police Department is afraid that India Walton would be elected and go through with her promise of redistributing funds away from the Buffalo Police Department and towards social services. And I mean, if the Buffalo News had any fucking ounce of integrity, which we all know, not getting much of that there from that fish rag, but if, if, if the Buffalo News really like had any shred of like decency or like, you know, they wanted to report or they wanted to present to you uh, something that was not just clearly in the fucking tank for Byron Brown. And, and India Walton tweeted this out this week. Basically, it's like, hey, why don't we focus on your record with the law, Byron Brown? Why don't we focus on how many times the FBI raided your offices over your tenure? I can think of what three times. Well, I was like, I was thinking like maybe we could do some uh, brainstorming on since the Buffalo News is willing to just run anybody hearsay that they have on things that we've heard about Byron Brown in the past. And call the Buffalo News and be like, they sh- you should write an article about it. Oh, what have we heard? Well, like I heard, and Re, maybe have you heard this? Because you're you're in tune with the local pl- uh, political intelligentsia. Have you heard that Byron Brown will only make love to the song "Renegade" by Sticks? Are you shitting me? <laughs> what? It's neither here nor there. <laughs> right. Can neither confirm nor deny. That, you know, that did slap back in the day. Let's yeah. face it. Yeah, I mean. Okay. So, uh, I mean, he's been doing well, this a while. Well, things things that are that are real and not just uh, spurious allegations. Byron Brown, I mean, the administration has been raided. Uh, it was for one time was for the trash disposal contracts. Mm-hmm. Another time for was uh, for Burra, the Buffalo Urban Renewal Agency. And so it's just like, that's a big reason why Byron Brown has been stuck as Buffalo mayor all this time, Jim, you, you mentioned it all the time. Whenever this comes up is every time that Byron might, you know, get a sniff of moving to a higher office or getting appointed somewhere. Oh, wouldn't you know it? An FBI raid happens and mm-hmm. all right, he becomes a, uh, a distressed asset and he just, you know, he can't really move up. So right. it's a big reason why he stayed mayor of Buffalo and not moved up the chain in the democratic party. Right. Well, you, you talk about like the modern disposal contract and, there's an article in the Buffalo News this week about how Steve Pigeon has his sentencing coming up finally. And the judge is like really doesn't want to push it off anymore. Like it's been pushed off enough times, like really wants to get the sentencing done. That was that that sentencing that Steve Pigeon's getting hit with when the FBI raided his house ties in with the modern disposal contract that was a, supposed to be a no bid contract that Steve Pigeon was making like twenty five thousand dollars a day as a lobbyists for modern disposal so that they could get a five million dollar no bid contract 
with the city of Buffalo, which then once Pigeon got raided by the FBI and City Hall got raided regarding this, um, they didn't go with Modern for some reason. For some reason. Look, the Byron Brown administration has been rife with corruption and graft. It's nakedly just openly ripping you off if you live in the city of buffalo if you're somebody you don't even have to live here but like you know maybe your job's here or maybe you have some ties to the city byron brown has just openly like in your fucking face just been ripping you off left and right every time again every time he has aspirations to move up the fbi is like nah dog it's not gonna happen for you okay Mm -hmm. so he's here now and it's just amazing it's just so fucking amazing to see all these people who, again, if you'd asked them six months ago how they feel about Byron Brown and his administration, probably have some more heinous words than anything that I could muster. But now it's become, well, we got to fight back against socialism. And, and now Byron Brown is our guy. This this Tammany Hall motherfucker like this. Jesus. But seeing all these Republicans and conservatives and like crazy right wingers like gay thompson like say like oh we got to save byron brown and like th- these are the same people who are like the insurrectionists on january 6th were just tourists i gotta be honest the most shocking thing i've heard about what brian byron brian <laughs> brian brown brown, well, brown, brown your mayor oh is it, is it is it brian or byron it, yeah okay well byron brown did was that he fucks yeah not, not that she said he fucks to renegade but that he does it at all right I mean, yeah i'm really surprised about that and, and shocked it's, it doesn't happen often. Parody, parody, parody. No, 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 you know, whatever. I don't, I don't know. Again, we mentioned before, he's not an incel. He does have at least one kid, but the, uh, the whole, the whole thing with him is just, he's incredibly corrupt. He's been a shitty mayor. He really, you know, any kind of Renaissance the city has had in any way, shape or form is not related to any actions that Byron Brown took as a mayor. So I, again, if this is the the line that the Buffalo News wants to go down, that that's fine. You know, that's that's where we're headed. But I, I just think that Byron Brown needs to be careful to talk about like, oh well, my opponent, you know, had an arrest or something to that effect. Where it's like, dude, <laughs> like, dude, like the the government has come knocking on your door so many times. Yeah, Steve Steve Pigeon. Um, gonna be behind bars steve casey like steve casey all the steves yeah my two steves yeah yeah all your people are are going to going to jail so awesome for byron brown and folks this is a little how the sausage gets made moment okay because we we started recording news of the week and now our guest ed grabianowski has joined us ed what's up my man hey everybody we got ed so now ed is hopping on with us for news of the week and we're going to talk a bit about space lord i'm way more excited about that than i am uh the, the news of the week but you know the, the people expect a certain uh a certain thing from us guys so well, we got to give it to them but you better you fuckers better stay around for the music i don't care who do you think you are first off who you are are you kidding me you're just gonna listen to the politics stuff what kind of little freak are you don't do that listen to good music listen to ed so let's talk about uh india did get some big news this week she did. Biggest new, bigger. She was endorsed by John Rivera, state assemblyman. This is her first big elected official endorsement since she won the primary. Now, on the side of John Rivera, I think it makes a lot of sense. His district voted overwhelmingly for India Walton. Oh yes. So you might as well endorse her. You're you're not losing a war against her with the way she was able to turn out people in her in your district, and 
alienating the mayor, however little you're going to alienate him anyways, doesn't matter when you are going to do something that's going to help back you in your district. He's a first-term assemblyman. He wants to be a, a second-term assemblyman, I assume. You, going forward and saying, I endorse India Walton. She's the leader we need. I, blah, 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 blah. Ed, I know uh, you don't live in the city of Buffalo proper. I don't know. what what is What's your take? You're not... You're not not a political guy, but you're not like, you know, di- like a dialed in weirdo like us. <laughs> no, I'm not dialed in quite to the extent that you guys are. Yeah, it, it bums me out that, you know, like what happens in the city will have tremendous effect on me to, to some extent, everybody who lives in Western New York. But because I moved like three quarters of a mile outside the city limit a couple of years ago, I don't I don't get to vote in that election anymore. So I didn't get to vote. For India Walton, and I, and I won't get to again. But yeah, I've I've been a non-fan of Byron Brown for a really long time. I voted against him every time he's run when I did live in the city. Not that, uh, was it Mickey Kearns, I think, that pr- tried to primary against him? <laughs> yeah. At one point. Um, I mean, you know. We, we all have some regrets about Mickey. Well, yeah. look, I'd vote for a leftover Jim's chicken finger sub <laughs> over Byron Brown. So, I mean, just, yeah, the corruption... It was funny, uh, so, so some movies get made in Western New York every now and then, and I was an extra on one of them. And conspicuously, Byron Brown's son had some kind of, like, technical job on that movie. I don't, to my knowledge, I don't think he had any qualifications for that, but oh. mysteriously just got a gig working on this uh, film set. Well, Ed, do you know about The Romans? Are you familiar with this? <laughs> the, mo- the movie that Byron Brown III starred in? Oh, oh God, I don't know Oh, about yeah, this. you got to hear about this. Where Carl Palladino uh, played a member of the Common Council in the city of Buffalo. <laughs> I think it was Common Council president. Yeah. We haven't watched the movie yet. Maybe we'll do that as like a special episode for our listeners. We've talked about that. We'll definitely name it on the Worst of Buffalo episode coming up. Well, we have to watch it before we can put it on the Worst oh, of. Oh, we will. No, we don't. We can, we can just act like a Republican in the South and not read history and then ban it. <laughs> You guys should watch it like like Mystery Science Theater. Like we do a watch along and, and we, we, we talked, talked about it. Yeah, we talked about doing it at like the screening room. Nice. We've talked about it. Yeah, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll revisit that. Um, moving on from the mayor's race, though. So we've got officially. I think it's supposed to happen officially this week that Kathy Hochul uh, assumes the governorship from Andrew Cuomo. So we will have Western New York's own uh, Kathy. He'll pass the baton. Hand it over, and it's going to be uh, a, a clean, and it's going—it's not going to be complicated at all, right, Jim? Yeah, no, it's—it's going to be perfect. It's going to be ideal. Um, the governor's already basically taken himself out of the limelight, other than uh, Hurricane Henri, which is actually the correct way to pronounce it because they did spell it with an I. Right. Hurricane Henri is supposed to make landfall on like Long Island, and Cuomo's like, "Well, I'm handling this because I'm still the governor," and Bill was like. Literally for like two days, man. Like, like, don't you think there should be some sort of transition? Like, maybe, maybe you could handle it together. I'm waiting for him to not resign. I well, he needed two weeks to move to find a place to live. Right? That's that's kind of that's that's kind of like my theory is like so he didn't he he couldn't stay in a in like a motel. Right? You know, he's too good for that. I I don't know if you know this, Ed. I brought this up in the past that like so he had been living in a house with his then girlfriend Sandra Lee. And they broke up, and he sold the house and was living in the executive mansion, and he owned and no who, other property. Who knows why they broke up? Right. <laughs> I, I, I haven't the faintest He seems thing. like a pretty cool guy. Right, right. Yeah. He's considered. Yeah. Yeah. A, a very affectionate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, uh-huh. well, 
Very Italian. So, yeah. so he had no. He literally had no property. In fact, when the U-Haul trucks this week came to the governor's mansion to move his stuff, they took it and moved it into his sister's house. Wow, wow! <laughs> it had been too much to move it into Chris Cuomo's house. I'm assuming. Right. Yeah. So, so the governor's couch surfing. <laughs> the, yes. governor, the governor's couch He's surfing. finding himself. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, so like you might like you might be at home uh, next week. Ed, and here. <laughs> Who is it? Oh, it's Andrew Cuomo. Can I come and stay on your couch for a couple of weeks? Can me and Winston sleep on the couch? It's like a yeah. you, me, and Dupree situation. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't be, don't be surprised gun. if you open the door and he comes right in at you. Yeah, right. Okay, so. it's just, he's got a yeah. bindle. <laughs> Man, oh, it, no. it, amazingly, I think um, Andrew Cuomo has been a worse governor than Byron Brown has been a mayor, which is... Saying a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Getting under a low bar. Well, the thing with Cuomo is that, like, all the things that passed that, like, people are like, oh, we should give him credit for same-sex marriage, passed mostly despite him. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, marijuana legalization only happened because he was under fire. <laughs> like, right. It was his last-ditch effort to save his job, which did not work. Mm. So, egg all over his face. But, you know, yeah, no, terrible, terrible governor. <laughs> God, like I can't wait till we rename the Tappan Zee Bridge and from the Mario Cuomo Bridge now to the Bill Hochul Bridge. Oh yes, that's whoever's governor gets to name it after their favorite relative. Sure. Well, yeah. No, we've talked before. Now Kathy Hochul gets to preside over the stadium negotiations for the Buffalo Bills, and I gotta say it's going it's going pretty well, huh? It's going great. Everything's going great here. Yeah, I mean the, the Pagula seem to be uh, engaging in good faith. Oh sure. So yeah. we, we heard from Pro Sports Talk this week that, uh, oh, there was another threat to maybe move the... To, well, I guess, I guess the phrasing was, uh, Buffalo has to decide, or New York State has to decide, if they want the Bills to stay in Buffalo or not. Right, if, if, if they want a pro team. Hmm. Which, because their argument is like, well, they can't even draw up sketches of what the stadium would look like until they know if they're going to have the money. Right. Which, I don't think that's how that works. I think you can draw up sketches all the time. Like. Yeah. You can make some assumptions. Right. You can make a proposal. Okay. I mean, you know what? You want me to draw a billion-dollar stadium? I'll draw a billion-dollar stadium for you. You want a toe? I can get you a toe. I thought uh, I thought if they needed money, they were just going to go poison another community. With, with <laughs> well, oil. yeah, but it turns out now that, like, oil and fuel and, like, the, the gas, the value's real low, that uh, drilling another well it just doesn't isn't as profitable as it used to be. That fucker's broke. That fucker is broke. I'm telling you, this is my working theory, is that he took a major bath when uh, the domestic oil industry tanked. Like, he got hosed. This reeks of desperation, guys. Okay? There's no way you go into any kind of negotiation like this in, in any kind of good faith asking for the whole kit and caboodle. Like, you just don't do it. You don't say, okay, you're going to pay for 100% of the funding. You know it's bad PR. It's not going to be successful. Like, you're, you're trying to strong arm somebody, and it's just it's not going to work. Like, in no business, I'm, I'm not a big executive, but I'm just saying, like, it doesn't make any not logical. Yet. Not yet. <laughs> I will be the executive of uh, the Square, uh, whatever the fuck we decide to do, become a big corporate Empire. thing. LLP. Once we sell out. Um, but, uh, no, come on. It, it, it doesn't make any like rational sense. It, everything that Pagulas have do, are doing, whether it be like threatening to move to Austin, Texas, t- telling New York State like, oh, well, you got to 
Do you, do you want to have a football team, fuckers? That's, I have to think that because they have the money, that they have a competent PR team, but they just have billionaire brain, and they just don't listen to their PR team, and they do whatever they want anyways. Maybe. I, I think I'm going with Ree's um, assumption that they're entirely broke. Except oh, for yeah, they're they, definitely broke. What they have in net worth with their sports teams, which is, I mean, how do you, how do you extract any money out of that to pay for a stadium, I guess, right? Well, how do we, um, so what's the process for like transferring the bills to public ownership like that? Well, the NFL doesn't want that anymore. They, they will, they will, yeah. The NFL doesn't, they but, will die on that. But uh, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago with State Assemblyman Pat Burke, he was like, I want that anyways. Like, fuck them. Like, the NFL doesn't want it. Yeah, or, I'm seeing a lot of fatalism online, uh, at least on Twitter, where like, that's just the way it is. There's no way we can do public ownership, so you might as well not even try. Well, why not? Well, the, wait, wait, wait. Right. Why not? Maybe, maybe Byron Brown, who runs petitions whenever he wants, <laughs> yeah, right. can convince the NFL. Why, why yeah. do the Pagoulas get to ask for everything and then we don't? Right. Like, the Pagoulas are coming in saying, well, we want you to pay for it 100%. Why can't us, as the state of New York or city of Buffalo, say, okay, we want to own 100% of your team if we're going to pay for it? What? I, here's sure. what I, I, if I was the, if I was the state of New York, I'd be like, we'll pay 100% for the stadium. We get all the parking and beer sales. Mm-hmm. Correct. There, like, I'm sorry. I bet you that changes the tone of the conversation real quick. Sure. When you tell people, they're like, "We want all the parking fees," which cause that's that's the reason why the Pagulas want the ECC South location they is want because the parking money. they want all that parking money. And if we said we want all the parking money, and the, I can't imagine what the daily beer sales are at the Bill Stadium, but it's got to be not, fucking not, astronomical. not very much. Oh. Oh, astronomical! Sure. You think so? <laughs> yeah, you I would add so? to that. I would add to that demand retroactively. The state gets all the parking money for all the Grateful Dead concerts. In the <laughs> yes, yes. Well, no. you know what? We'll just bring the Grateful Dead back again. There you go. Yes. That's, that's that's the stipulation. <laughs> right. Is we'll get we'll get one of those animatronic bears from uh, Major Magics to play the role of Jerry Garcia. Yeah, that'd be great. They can do the hologram Garcia like they did with Dio. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, Dio. Pour one out for Dio. Pour one out. I'd like to throw in a public service announcement here and say, Bills fans, it's probably going to be a good season for the Bills. I know you're going to jump through a lot of plastic tables, but let's think about all the plastic waste. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and how much of that budget you're you're going to have to, your your weekly budget you're going to have to spend on tables. So find a way to reuse the tables that you're going to jump into. Don't just throw them away after, okay? I have Let's an be I- responsibly. I have an idea. Is what if New York State does a one point four billion dollar GoFundMe to pay for the Bill Stadium? Oh, it's a great idea. Wow, I think they'd get. They're, a, really, they're really. That they're might really take off. Actually, table tax. A table tax. Table yeah. tax. Right. Yeah. Wow. There it is. Uh, that's the it. that's table the tax. billion dollar idea. The uh-huh. table tax. Uh-huh. Yeah. If we tax a small amount and on every Labatt Blue sold. <laughs> And every table, folding table sold. Right. That's, and we'd pay for it in no time. Every Jenny Cream Ale. Right. Yeah. That too. It's a moot point. Kathy Hochul is clearly going to going to make nice very quickly with the Bagulas. New York State is is probably going to pay an exorbitant amount of money for the stadium funding. But at the end of the day, you know, she's going to have a, everybody's happy and, you know, smiling and we're going to be standing outside of Highmark Stadium or wherever they want to do and, you know, get a nice photo op. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, it's all bullshit you know yeah to this day no, i don't know how many years has it been i still cannot pronounce their name correctly i still say it like they're count dracula <laughs> the pegulas pegula they kind of are vampires at this point, right yeah that's for damn uh-huh. yeah uh, they're certainly bloodsuckers <laughs> yeah yeah well 
just the way of the world, unfortunately. But not not to pivot. I, I guess I don't have a good segue here to this uh, this Maloney office thing. But yeah. maybe I do actually. It, it's it's about private uh, ownership versus public ownership here. Right. So what's going on with? So this, I saw I saw Pat did tweet out this. Uh, yeah, the the state moved out of the Maloney office building for the most part like ten years ago. Where's this located? Where is the Maloney office? Building? It's right right across the street from the uh, right across the monument from City Hall. Okay, oh, it's right okay. on Niagara Square. Mm-hmm. In fact, there, the cornerstone was laid by then Governor FDR. Oh, wow. In the 1930s, yeah. which I took a picture of on Instagram like seven years ago, and I labeled it, he must have been a lot stronger when he was a governor. <laughs> <laughs> um, get, your, get vaccinated, folks. <laughs> For polio, at least. Right, yeah, at, yeah. Least get, like, yeah. at least get your polio vaccine. Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, no, they're going to they're gonna auction off, I think it's like $750,000 is the minimum starting bid, and you need $75,000 cash for deposit. So I assume that Doug Jemmel is going to buy it. Oh, there we go. Doug. Man, he's just racking it up, isn't he? Yep. Man, he's, he's the Monopoly man himself. He's going to have to uh, uh, get some exterminators to come in and get rid of Andrew Cuomo first. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, got him. That's Andrew, Andrew he Cuomo couch just, surfs to the Maloney is, building. He's just squatting the Maloney building. <laughs> He's got a lifetime supply of spaghetti in there somehow from chefs. Spaghetti so, farm. Yes, he's got yeah. He's got spaghetti farm. Lou Bilitier there for sure. is sending him his spaghetti every right, day. Yeah, right. And then I, I also am thinking of like uh, of like Andrew Cuomo like up on the, like the third floor of the Maloney building. Yeah. Try like a like a Scooby Doo villain trying to make it seem like it's haunted, <laughs> <laughs> just banging pots and pans and. Mm-hmm. If you if you get stopped at a stoplight. In Niagara Square, Andrew Cuomo comes out and washes your windshield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Andy. Oh, Andy. Jeez. Oh, I mean, I, you know, he might be moving to Buffalo because the rumor I've heard around town is that he has a girlfriend who I don't know how she feels about all these allegations. Oh, really? But oh. then he's got a girlfriend who lives in Buffalo. No shit. Mm, okay. So we can, is that like a girlfriend in Canada type situation? <laughs> it's, we already talked about how Byron's not actually an incel, and you make us say parody whenever I call him an incel. Yeah. A- Andy Cuomo's not an incel. I, I never said anything <laughs> to imply as such. <laughs> well, you know, he might, he might be, Andy Cuomo might be uh, squeegeeing your car as you, you know, drive, drive through Niagara Square. You know where he can't get a job? He, he can't get a job at Riverworks, guys. He, he can't oh. do it. He, you know, he, he doesn't have the qualifications. He no, he he doesn't do it. I believe it. Or maybe he doesn't have the work ethic. I don't know what I. You know what? I think he probably would, would fit in well at Riverworks. He, you know, we know he is a touchy feely type of person, and you know, maybe working for tips as a touchy feeling waiter. He only he only needs to make a certain amount of money. He did file for retirement. He's going to make fifty grand a year off of retirement. Okay, I take that back. He can pursue his passion at Riverworks. Right. He can do it of of loading people onto the Ferris wheel, and you know what? And because nobody else wants to work there, or so I'm told. Well, because they're all getting handouts from the government. They're all getting handouts from the government. So, in case you have not been following this little, very Buffalo based, very niche little tempest, I, I would say in a teapot, but is actually something that's uh, indicative of like a lot of other bullshit in this country. So it's it's actually like a. You know, it's our little thing that just like the rest of the country is dealing with. Buffalo Riverworks had a sign posted on one of their doors that was like, oh, we can't, you know, the, the typical bullshit you've seen. Oh, we can't afford workers or we can't, I'm sorry, we can't get people to work here because we don't have money, right? What, what was it like? That's, we're short staff. We're short staff. That's what it was. We're short staff because government ba- handouts are encouraging people not to work 
and we just don't get enough staff. And there was something that I saw online where the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, those shitheads there who are like conservative nonsense bo- uh, bastards, were sending out emails to like members across the country, basically encouraging them to put up signs essentially that said like, because of government handouts, we can't fire sta- we can't hire enough staff, which is complete bullshit. Right. We talked about it before on this podcast. Well, How many the, people have retired? How many people have died well, and, and because the, of the pandemic? The New York Times posted an article this week that included information from a study that showed that states that cut the extended unemployment benefits did not benefit, did not see a boost in growth. What, what was it, like a, a, a four-hundredth of a percent that, well, or something like they, that? Well, it, was, they, it was minimal. They, they saw a boost in, un, in employment numbers, yeah. but they didn't see a boost in growth because... The people who were going back to work were making less money than they were working. Than they were getting unemployment, yeah, so they actually weren't spending as much money. Sure. So they they actually the economy in those in those states went down. No shit. Over the states that include that extended the unemployment benefits, huh. but funny it, how yeah, it was like four one hundredths or four tenths of, of a percent. Um, uh, the employment rate, the unemployment rate decreased. Well, so you nominally are like a bunch of fucking crying over nothing. Oh, wait, wait, wait. A bunch of crying over nothing, especially rich coming from Buffalo Riverworks, who, as it turns out, received just south of one million dollars from the United States government. No, they received it was more. They, was more that, than was the, that was the first PPP loan. Ah, they got two. Yeah, they got two. They got two. Yes. They got they got over one point five million dollars in PPP Christ. loans. Christ. And they and, have the balls and to almost, cry poor about and almost all staff. that was supposed to go to personnel costs which they claim it did right well, so how much were they fucking paying people they're like <laughs> if they were paying people like twenty dollars an hour to work at buffalo riverworks sure they would not have a work shortage no absolutely not i'm sorry you can't you can't cry poor and have a ferris wheel you just can't. You get one or the other. You can either you can either bitch about uh, people being short staffed, or you can have a Ferris wheel. Like you, you don't get to do both. Fuckers, just pay people more money, idiot. And you know, talking about like the company you keep, uh, Earl Ketry, who is one of the owners of Riverworks, along with like his his family, the Ketrys mm-hmm. own it. And uh, I posted in our little group chat was a couple years ago. Earl Country gave twenty five thousand dollars to Cuomo's campaign. Yeah, how about mm. that. And so he has got enough. He's got enough money. He's so maybe do- he can get a job there. <laughs> he's doing well enough that he has an extra twenty five grand to donate to a political campaign, but he doesn't have enough money to pay staff members anymore. Now Riverworks claims that the sign was only up two days, and it was due to a rogue employee, and they've been it was signed the management. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> They're definitely backtracking, you know, in a PR type of way here. Right. Yeah. Whatever. So who knows? Whatever. Shitheads. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of other shithead owners in this city, guys, how about uh, our boy one Tucker Curtin? Tucker Curtin. Yeah, we got some drama here about this, don't we? This is a big deal. Well, this is another one of these uh, business owners who, oh, you know, we're, we're short-staffed because the... Yeah. The damn government won't stop giving the handouts and keeping people on the dole. Now, Wouldn't he, you know it? He was trying to give shit to Lake Effect ice cream a few years ago. Right. Small business owners are pretty pretty decent ice right. cream. He sued Lake Effect ice cream because he thought right. people might confuse and think that Lake Effect ice cream was a spinoff of Lake Effect Diner. Yeah. And how does that take away from him in any way? If anything, it would probably up his business. Right. And also, Lake Effect's never used in the area other than to talk about a diner. Yeah, exactly. That's That's it. It. Never, never heard of a forecast. Right. Nothing. Yeah. No. He's going to sue the Weather Channel. He he also was a big person suing 
food trucks when food trucks first started becoming popular that's right and you know where the the, the city has like the laws like you have to be so far away from a, a brick and mortar yeah, he shop. Was, he's a big asshole about that right mm-hmm. so yeah. tucker Curtin, for those who don't know he announced on like instagram or some social media that the steer and lake effect diner were closing to uh, ostensibly to staff shortages, right? For pandemic reasons, right. something like that, right? Right. And then, literally the very next day, his current <laughs> wife, who is current going, wife, who's going through divorce proceedings with him, was uh-huh. like, "We're not closing these restaurants." <laughs> so, so she filed a suit. She filed suit, and it turns out what it what it looks like is that he was trying to close the restaurants while he was going through divorce proceedings to claim that he had. L- less value of like the organization like the there was less money for them to divide up because if he was forced to sell the restaurants while they they were closed a closed restaurant is worth less money than an open restaurant and he was trying to basically screw over his soon-to-be ex-wife and absolutely screwing over the people who work there oh yeah absolutely because they'd all lose their jobs just so he could save you know 10 percent of his wealth yeah fucking bullshit yeah what a piece of shit this guy is Mm -hmm. I mean, I listen. I'm not somebody. I, I I like Lake Effect Diners. Okay, I've never been to the Steer. It didn't really seem like seem like my scene. No. You know, it's just unfortunate that look. <laughs> this is a, a little lesson for life here. That a lot of places you like and you might go to are just like owned by some of the worst shitheads right. you've ever even imagined or dreamed of. I've been so. I've been to each the Steer and Lake Effect Diner once. Lake Effect Diner was fine. It wasn't great. People were like, oh, it's so good. I'm like, it's fine. And I was at the steer like 18 years ago. And it was mostly I went there because like this woman I know, girl, whatever. I mean, 18 years ago, maybe more girl than woman was like, why don't you. It's like a Britney Spears song. <laughs> yes. Uh, why, do, why don't you come to the steer and make out with me? And I was like, okay. Hey, that sounds great. Oh, right, yeah. you know, I was bragging about kissing. I always thought the steer. Right, take that insult, Byron Brown. Jim, was she Canadian? Shit, I just cost you guys like ten thousand dollars. You're gonna have to pay for the license. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's it's you you can do that if it's a cover, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a parody. Yeah, parody. Trust me, I know all about paying for licenses for yeah, cover songs. Yeah, believe it. Parody. Believe it. That was in the context of political commentary, so I think that counts mm-hmm. as fair use. Yeah, fair use. I think so. Right. Yeah. See, we got our expert here. Mm-hmm. No, but so was this was this woman Canadian? First of all, I have to ask. No, she was not Canadian. Second of all, I always thought the steer was like some fancy steak. I've never been there. Some fancy steakhouse based on the name. Why the hell is it called the steer? Uh, I I don't know. Because did, it's, did, did they don't have, they like have a, a mechanical? Do they have bowl? mechanical bowl? I I don't remember. I, all I remember uh, is that I I walked in and she like jumped into my arms and I was like, well, this is that's nice going better than I thought it would go. Wow. <laughs> hey man, great great for you. Great that's, for you. Yeah, We're all rooting awesome. for you. Yeah. I miss I miss the uh, what was it called Thirsty Buffalo. You miss Thirsty Buffalo. They had the mechanical buffalo, right? No. No, you're talking about uh, the bucking buffalo. Buff- bucking buffalo. No, I don't miss. Uh, that's what I was, I was about to say. To. Thirsty Buffalo, like the world's shittiest bar. No, no, I ha- I, ha- I had my wires mixed. Okay? Oh, okay, I don't miss that place. I miss Bucking Buffalo. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. It's on. It's already across from um, Dinosaur Barbecue. Dinosaur Barbecue. Yeah, I used to like. It was like weird vibe there because the back was like all tiled. Like it was something else in the past. Yeah, I, don't I, know. I I only went there one time because yeah. like I was friends with when I was in AmeriCorps. Yeah, somebody who really liked country music. Yeah. And that was the only place you could go to that was a bar that also played country music in the area. Oh, sure. Uh, without having to drive to, like, I don't know, fucking Orchard Alden. Park. Or Sometimes you're in like, the mood to put on a cowboy. You went to Howdy's? 
Howdy's. Howdy's. Where's Howdy's? Howdy, oh. well, Howdy's, Howdy's was closed by the time oh, that this person was here. Howdy's was a line dancing bar on like Main Street? Like Main. Main and, and, and Transit. Yes. That's right. I remember the Howdy's. Yeah, yeah. And then it was something else afterwards. And after it was Howdy's, I actually it's saw. something else every other year. Yeah, I yeah. saw a Motion City soundtrack there. I played oh, okay. a bunch of concerts there. That was actually a really good stage. It was like, it was like one of the biggest local stages. That, that you were in small. a country band? No, it was after. At Howdy's? It was post Howdy's. Oh, okay. I did, okay. I did go there when it was Howdy's. Like, uh-huh. It was like my first year of college. And, you know, like the, the infamous uh, Wednesday night before Thanksgiving weekend oh yeah when everybody comes back into town oh it's like all, all my high school friends were like we're going to howdy's and i'm like <laughs> okay <laughs> we're going to howdy's put on your boots that is, we're doing uh, the boot scooting boogie yeah, that's right i don't think i've seen any of those people since that night so. right yeah, that's, yeah. well they're, they're too busy they're line dancing their way across the country <laughs> I, I recently wrote an article about God mechanical bulls so i know, I know <laughs> oh, way too oh. much about the, the okay. legendary and infamous history of mechanical bulls oh can you let us in on some no, it's no. all copyrighted. Copyright, okay, pen right, pending. All right, okay, all right. <laughs> well, much, much like um, take too long. That's, that's yeah, the real answer. That's okay. Much, that's okay. much like, much like uh, you know, eventually we got out of Howdy's, or Ed got out of Howdy's, I guess. The uh, the United States got out of Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. Do you like that? Do you like that segue? Smooth, right? Clean, right? It's it's almost identical. Ed invaded Howdy's, and then twenty years later, he left. <laughs> he left. Wow, it was a disaster. Wow. <laughs> it was true. I didn't build a single school in Howdy's. Right? right. Yeah. You must have wear your cowboy boots like thin. Yeah. And he, <laughs> Holy he, shit! He was like John Taffer, where he was trying to nation build a bar. <laughs> wow, John Taffer. Well, you know, it's it's not our bailiwick necessarily to editorialize on on um, the no. larger scale issues like the Afghanistan war or whatever. But but we do have a local connection and actually a, a podcast connection here. Friend of the pod, Brian Kastner, was in Afghanistan. He was, and he had to be evacuated like like the Monday after like all the troops were pulled out of Afghanistan and like basically run across the airport and take cover and get onto a plane to get the hell out of there. We're obviously, we're very happy that Brian's safe. Yes. Um, we'd love to have him on again. Um, sure. Yeah, he, he absolutely. Great. Um, he doesn't even have to write another book. We can just talk to him about other stuff. Absolutely. I mean, talk to he, him about getting out of Afghanistan. We can talk to him about getting out of Afghanistan. If he wants to write another book, I'm not going to stop him. <laughs> He's a pretty good writer. Good writer. Well, and you do have that power to stop. This is, him. This is yeah. why I haven't finished my book. It's because of Jim. He, Jim, yeah. he just keeps yeah. fucking it up. He won't make that same promise. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, <laughs> I, I have a painting of myself like Vigo from Ghostbusters 2 <laughs> in Ed's house, just lo- overlooking him and like, no, no, no. Jim the Carpathian. Know, I don't even Vigo know how he does Carpathian. it. Like, I'll sit down, I'll start typing, and then Jim like bats the keyboard off my desk. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> But, oh. but Brian's a red dude. I, I guess, you, uh, yeah, that's that sounded pretty harrowing. I guess you shouldn't have uh, mentioned Jim three times in your mirror. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Uh, I think the only thing. Oh, we forgot to talk about the uh, the part of my take guys and wing nuts. Oh yeah, guys. Oh, oh the the, uh, the barstool guys. Here we go. All right, so, there, so here we go. Ruining a good thing. Barstool sports. Well, all right. So so uh, <laughs> big, big cat and PFT commenter uh-huh. um, from uh, part of my take. Uh, which is a part of your name. podcast pft commentary no 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 oh, big, big cat. cat big cat from yeah the, yeah you're political consulting is, firm that's true yeah. although i think big cat his name is like dan Katz or something oh good for him um but they came to buffalo on i think it was just as a part of a promotional tour and uh they visited wing nuts 
Wing nuts are our favorite place out in Kenmore yeah, for right. wings. Have and you ever had wing nuts, Ed? I have not. Oh, they're fucking oh awesome, man, you're dude. missing something good. Now, a big, big uh, to do this week that they're not technically buffalo wings. Well, I think hor- I'm calling horseshit on that. Yeah, they, they're not breaded. They're not breaded. They're super crispy. Mm-hmm. There's some other process that they do. Probably, what do you think? Soak them in vinegar. Or I something think. Like that? I think what they do is it seems like it's a secret. By the way, they, it, we're it, just speculating. Yeah, we're speculating. It seems similar to like the sales wings at Sales and Depew, mm-hmm. which is a, a like a real dive gin mill. Something you would know nothing about. Yeah, I you barely know anything about. And, and and I don't know that Sales does this either, but my speculation is that like they soaked them in some sort of acid like vinegar, so that the fat on the outside dissolves and like separates the skin from the wing so then when they fry them the skin fries up separately and it almost comes off like it's pseudo breaded and it's it it sounds yeah. not great yeah apologies to any vegan or vegetarian people who had to listen to that description right <laughs> yeah right sorry gavin yeah. it sounds not great it turns up amazing just and then and then the sauces at wing nuts are all spot on just beautiful yeah. oh yeah yeah and look, the Barstool Sports whole organization fucking sucks. Right. And, you know, they're shitty. But even a blind squirrel finds a nut. And the wing nuts, their wings are so good that, you know, good good for them. They're, they're getting promotion, sure. I guess. Right, yeah. Good right. for wing nuts. And honestly, like, if I want to give some credit to the Barstool guys, I don't want to, but I will, is that they came to Buffalo. And, like, they could very easily could have been like, oh, went to uh, Anchor Bar, and these are the best wings I've yeah. ever had. Or even Duff's, right? Yeah, like right, Obama. Sure, sure, right. Yeah. These guys did some legit research, and they were like, no, nah, we're going to find out, like, what, what's this wingnuts place yeah, all about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I wonder if they came to town, and they're like, where's the nearest Knights of Columbus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, there's a wing place here. Can, can I share my worst buffalo wing experience? Please. Yes. I would oh love my to God, hear. Yes. yes. So, uh, not very long ago, I went to a local restaurant on Niagara Falls Boulevard that I won't name, but it rhymes with Smully's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I ordered some kind of buffalo. I, I don't even know if it, maybe I was feeling lazy and I got chicken fingers, or maybe they were actual wings. I don't remember. And I ordered hot, and they basically were like unseasoned. Ooh. And I'm like, uh, can I get some, you know, some buffalo sauce to dip these in? Oh yeah, they brought me. I took one taste, and it has haunted me ever since. It was. Fucking Italian dressing with little Franks in it. Are you fucking oh. shit me! I swear to God, it was oh it was God. so That's bad. Terrible. What is like up with that? What are you thinking? It's not like you're you know Buffalo Wild Wings. You don't know any better. Right. They're they're locally owned, aren't they? Well, okay, I, I didn't name them, so we don't know. Right, I, I don't know. Sully's. Yeah, well, I'm a, this is only guessing here. Guessing. Well, he, well, here's my thing: is like I would marinate chicken in a mix of Italian dressing and Franks. But I wouldn't try to pass off that dressing as buffalo sauce. No, no, no. no. Well, that is harrowing. That that's you know that's almost as harrowing as Brian Kastner trying to get out of Afghanistan. That's <laughs> yeah. That, that I've that, I've been through it all. You've seen it all. <laughs> you've got the thousand yard stare. <laughs> oh man. Ah uh, 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 well. Ed, thank you for chopping it up with us with the news and and stuff of the week. But we brought you here because you know. We love Space Lord. We are we are huge fans of your band, Ed. And we, we had Ed, why don't we take a little break? We we could take a little break a before we get in. Oh, yeah, the subs here. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, dude! All right, we're gonna eat.
Yes. So we are here with Ed Grabianowski of of many things. Ed is a is a multi talented uh, individual. Pre- previously, our Halloween spooky consultant. That's yes, right. yes. But not only is Ed a, a prolific uh, writer, um, you know, Magic the Gathering player, um, you know, pretty much any cool thing you could think of, but he also has a band, which fucking kicks ass. And before you people say, oh, you know, I, I, my musical taste is different. I don't know if I like Space Lord. Shut up, nerd. Okay. I am going to give you a wedgie and then I'm going to give you a noogie. All right. Because if you don't like Space Lord, well, you're just a, you're a dork. You better watch it, nerds, because if you listen, we've got all your information. Yes, and we are alphas. We are alphas, mm-hmm. and you are betas if you don't like Space Lord. You're sigmas. What's, what's the, is that the new one? Sigma? Lambda. Lambda. The, the lambda variant of, You're the, of, of human beings. Jeez. <laughs> so, now that we've appropriately mocked our audience, <laughs> Space Lord, Ed, ta- give us a little background. Give us the, the history of Space Lord in brief as you can. And I mean, like, the funniest thing about, about Space Lord... Like I'm, you know, I'm not going to say that our music is the greatest music ever written, but I, th- I think we're pretty good. And the the best reaction I get is, I think everybody knows like a guy that's in a band, and so you know, yeah, yeah, I'm in a band. People are like, okay, whatever, yeah. And then like they hear Space Lord, and invariably they're like, it's you. <laughs> oh, you guys are actually pretty good. Like, like there's just this sort of threshold of competence that if you if you get above that, people are just like blown yeah. away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think Space Lord formed in like 2015 and we put out an EP and then we put out a record and then uh, the year after that we got on a record label called Cosmic Artifacts. We did a second record that's out on vinyl. That one's called Indecipher. And then we played a couple festivals uh, including Music is Art here in Buffalo and then we went down to Pittsburgh and played the Descendants of Crom Festival which is the mm. t-shirt I'm wearing right now. And then our drummer quit and then our bass player quit and then a pandemic happened, so we haven't put anything out in three years, and there's only two guys in the band. We're not we're not a live band at this point. We're just focused on studio recording stuff. And yet, you just dropped a new single. Yeah, yeah, we're still Space Lord. We're still kicking, and yeah, we we're, we kind of wanted to do like, uh, hey, it's been three years. We we still exist. Yeah. Remember us, kind of thing. So yeah, so we put out a single called uh, Midnight Shadow, and we did a Hendrix cover on the B side. That was pretty fun. What led you to picking like Hendrix as a cover? Like, I mean, if 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 you're not, I've read why you picked the Hendrix, <laughs> but like, talk to our audience about why you picked the Hendrix. Yeah. Um, so that so it, really early in the pandemic, we did a cover of "Hunger Strike" by uh, Temple of the Dog. Oh yeah, I love that one. That was that was really fun to do. So and so we knew we wanted to do. Uh, B-side cover songs because it just helps like if people don't know anything about you but they're like oh I want to hear this band's take on whatever classic right. band so we're like well we did Renegade by Sticks." <laughs> <laughs> so we did a 90s song and, and we're like let's you know we're also really heavy, heavily influenced by 70s 60s and 70s rock so like let's let's do that stuff so Rich Root who is a guitarist and, and does most of the producing and engineering I was like that's your pick actually both both of these are your pick this time because I kind of picked Hunger Strike and he just loves Hendrix, you know, he's a guitarist and he, he wrote, I, I'm not going to try to like paraphrase what he said, but he wrote some really, you know, cool stuff about why he's inspired by Hendrix. And his original idea was he wanted to see like how closely he could duplicate 
the original and then um you know i I blundered into it and kicked over the drums and made (laughs) made a mess of things so so you were on drums for this so i played the drums on that track i've i've played the drums since i was about 14 i'm probably you know i'm a more or i've been drumming longer than i was a singer but i hadn't touched a drumstick in almost two years when i went over to to lay down that drum track so like uh, I'm not ashamed to say it's comped. It's about three takes that <laughs> got spliced together. But um, yeah, I tried to do something. It's hard to talk about music with, without without playing it without and being able to say like what, what you're talking about. But yeah, I tried to do something a little different rhythmically with the drums, uh, and it was it's really fun. Just to, like just bash bash some drums. We around. can probably pipe in clips if you want to. Yeah, I mean, I said I I know you guys have yeah, you know, available. Yeah. We have the technology. <laughs> Here we go. It's very far away. It takes about a half day to get there. It's a channel by my dreamline. It was not in Spain. But all the same, no. Yes, if you listen to the original, there's more of a like staccato drum pattern there, and I tried to do something a little heavier and, and different. I don't know. If you're like a big Hendrix fan, you'll you'll notice the difference. Probably a lot of people <laughs> notice the difference. I was actually really intimidated trying to sing Jimi Hendrix because he nobody nobody goes like, oh yeah, Jimi Hendrix, that great singer. But he really was like he had a very natural way of approaching singing and really soulful yeah. soulful sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where he came from. You know, like a lot of his singing came from. I mean, he he had spent so many years on the road backing soul singers um on guitar on rhythm guitar so like <laughs> i there's no way i was gonna really try to like duplicate that but um it was a challenge actually at one point i was like what if i sing it like if it was ozzy osbourne singing it <laughs> so like come at it from a different angle you know uh that didn't totally work out either but <laughs> you know i was I, so i listened to um i listened to the single and I, I re-listened to Indecipher before we, um, you know, before we, we met with you here today, Ed. And wh- something that strikes me about uh, about Space Lord's music is something that, like, it's a similar vein to me for um, Griselda Records, like with Benny the Butcher and West Side Gun, in the sense of it's a sound from a different time, right? So with like. And you might not be familiar with with uh, the Griselda Records guys, but their 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 music, their you know, the beats and things that they choose are very evocative of nineties rap. You know, it's like, it's almost like a throwback and yet it feels fresh. Like it doesn't feel like a dated sound. It just feels like what if the path that nineties rap was taking, you know, continued as a through line through today or, um, the world of pop punk. There's a band called real friends who formed in like 2010 or 2011 after the pop punk resurgence of like 2003, 2004. And yet they continue to make music that was in a similar vein. So where I'm going with this is that space Lord feels like that sound of like the seventies, you know, like a obviously black Sabbath influence or, or Led Zeppelin. And yet it doesn't feel like it's dated. It doesn't feel like, you know, it doesn't feel like old person's music. It feels like, Hey, this is music that was made in 2021. And yet it, it generates the kind of the same sort of sound. How do you, how do you, which is nice of you to say, because Ed's old. 
<laughs> we're, we're, we're all old Absolutely at this point. Ancient, yeah. um, but I mean, talk to me like people generally aren't making music that sounds like, like Led Zeppelin or Black Sabbath in 2021, but you, you're doing it and it sounds like really fresh and really exciting. Like what, is there anything to your process as a musician or as a writer with your band? I mean, like I love that idea of, you know, there are actually tons of artists who are, you know, who you, who you listen to and you're like, man, they're they're very obviously heavily inspired by older styles. But and yet like so when we first started, we actually had to sit down and be like, what what kind of band are we? Like we have kind of some songs written are there some we shouldn't do because they don't, you know, they don't fit or whatever. And at some point we were like, whatever, we're just like, we are influenced by what we like and whatever comes out of us is what we are. So, um, you know, so it happens to be heavily influenced by that 70s stuff. Um, I always say that, you know, we're like the 70s and the 90s because it's like Zeppelin and Sabbath and then like Soundgarden and Alice in Chains are just like sort of the, the big four influences I could name part of being in this band is like getting in contact with other similar bands. Cause you play shows and like you, you, mm-hmm. you get on music podcasts and, and discovering that there's actually like this enormous world of bands that are doing this kind of thing. And like all of them, it's like, I, I, I grew up loving classic rock and then at some point I got sick of it. Like, I just don't need to hear Aqualung again. I don't need to hear like another fucking Derek and the Domino song. And so, like, discovering that there's all these bands that are like, oh, man, it's it's like that music that I like, but it's new to me. Mm-hmm. It's new, period. It's, like, really, really cool. And some of them are amazing, and everybody brings their own distinct set of influences to it. So even if you're like, I'm going to write a band, or I'm going to write a song that sounds just like, you know, Smoke on the Water, but you can't, because you don't sound like those guys, you don't play like those guys, mm-hmm. and you're so you're going to have your own it's going to be something totally sure, different sure will. um and it, like there's this art, artist i got into this year named pearl charles um from la and she does like this really 70s influenced like fleetwood mac influenced quasi disco quasi country pop and at times it feels like wow this is really you know super retro and yet like modern pop mm-hmm. and she, you know like she does this cool blend of taking those influences and leaning on them like leaning all the way into them but she's still herself and still is making something that that feels fresh and awesome so yeah i hope that we that we end up in that kind of a place too well one thing it made me think of is like how poorly served we are um you know you could always bitch about the state of the music industry and and what it looks like in 2021 in the era of like spotify and streaming services you know it, it it's a whole other story but i i think too like we don't have necessarily the outlets anymore to tap into the the the, the new music that people are making you know like you mentioned like the the 97 rocks the classic rocks of the world they're not looking for bands in 2021 that are playing music that might sound like it like they want you to, you're going to hear CCR again. You know, you're going to hear, you're going to hear the hits. It's ossified. It's it, probably how you get sick of classic rock. I'm assuming he's listening to 97 rock. Right. Like even the label of classic rock, like it's not, you know, it's, it's rock music. It's just that we've, we've left it in the dust as like a, as a culture or, you know, for, for a whole bunch of different reasons. Um, and I think here in Buffalo too, how we're, we just lost another radio station um, 1077 would occasionally play stuff that was yeah. a little 
you know, a, a little different, but it's just, it's so very conservative. I guess that's what I'm getting at is that we don't get opportunities to, um, with our mass media, get stuff like Space Lord, where it's like, it's not a necessarily like a marketable sound of the moment. There, there are a couple of bands, I think, that are popular that have that kind of old sound. I mean, Greta Van, I'm not a fan of Greta Van Fleet, but they seem to be a resurgence of like that Led Zeppelin style, right? Mm-hmm. That type of thing. And I'm sure, well, who, who's the other one? Uh, Black Keys? They're probably, Black Keys definitely. Yeah, they seem to have a they classic have, rock influence. They have a classic rock, bluesy yeah. sound to them. Yeah, but I mean, it's few and far, few and far between right. anymore. So, Ed, tell me a little, so one of the ways you can describe Space Lord is as like stoner rock or doom rock. And there are a lot of people in, like, the stoner rock, doom rock community. What's it like now being part of that community? Like, mostly it's extremely cool because we didn't we didn't really... Like, I liked a bunch of bands that were in that scene without really knowing it was a scene. And so when we put st- started putting, like, our first EP out, those people found us, I think partly because of the name of the band and the album art that we used... So they found us and liked us, and it was so we started appearing on podcasts or playlists or whatever and getting associated with those bands and then playing shows with them. And, like, we did shows with Howling Giant and uh, Atella, a mm-hmm. um, bunch of really cool bands. And it's it's a, I, th- I like the community. You know, obviously every community has shitheads in it, but um, it's, a, it's a welcoming community. It's not – I don't see a lot of gatekeepers, like, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of dudes with beards. <laughs> but like man people just like heavy guitars um and and there's so many different variations you know whether you play your music slower or whether your singer screams like he's in a death metal band or sings mm-hmm. more melodically like me and like all the bands we played with were really cool i've had bands that were on tour like crash at my house so yeah it's, it's a good community and and i'm like massively grateful to the fans we found there that said, we're trying to, like, find other communities with, with the new stuff we have coming out. You know, not that we're, like, dissatisfied, but we're, like, we sound like a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. So because we, we, like, we got associated with that community, so we often get labeled as a stoner doom band. And then, like, a lot of people are, like, they're not really. And I'm, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> we really aren't. <laughs> right. Um, and, like, this album that's, that's going to come out before the end of the year is a little different than our earlier releases. It's, it's just more varied. So I think it's even less, you know, of in, in the stoner doom category. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's hard to figure out how do you, what do you tell people? Like what music markets do you try to push yourself into? It seems like you got to box yourself in somewhere. somewhere right. And, right? It, and it's so helpful to ha- like people complain about, you know, all the weird little micro genre labels. Well, it's tread, it's tread death doom. <laughs> or it's funeral doom or, or whatever. And, like, you can make fun of that stuff. I used to make fun of that stuff all the time. But it turns out it's actually incredibly useful because it helps people find other bands that they like when they yeah. find a band that they like. Right. And then it helps bands similarly find their audience. Mm-hmm. So, like, man, I think it's always been like that where there's, you know, there's the FM radio station and they just generally play the same stuff over and over again. And you have to seek out new things. And it's... It's actually easier now if you put in just like the tiniest bit of effort. Like just go to Bandcamp and they have category listings so you can just put in some things and figure out or you can and you can stream songs there so you decide what you like before you buy it. And once you buy something, you'll start like building a collection or you'll see what other people have bought and like 
really more organically than like obviously there's algorithms involved. You can you can really kind of like build a collection of music that way and discover bands that are similar. There's bands that are like I feel like should be considered really similar to us, and then for whatever reason they're not. Like there's this local band called Handsome Jack that's really cool. Yeah, and Handsome like, Jack is sweet. We've never played with them. They don't show up in the same scene as us for some reason, but I feel like there would be a strong connection there. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not like fishing for compliments from Handsome Jack or anything, but like Handsome Jack, if you're listening, yeah. and we know you are. <laughs> Book Space Lord. So you're telling me you don't, you've never met Handsome Jack? It's just you just. I have actually because oh, they, they okay. opened for Clutch a few years ago, and oh, so okay. we, I went to that show. Anyways, I, I, I kind of meandered. Well, it's, I mean, <laughs> I, another local band that I, I I think of sometimes when I listen to Space Lord, and they're similar but very dissimilar. But, uh, but the, like the melodic, the guitars, like the the lyrical content is similar. Is this band called Aircraft? But like their sound is more like a psychedelic surf rock. Yeah, they're really good. If you, like if you listen to like what's going on, what like the message they're trying to portray, it's similar to like the working class stuff that you like you're is coming across in in Space Lord. Nice. You know, very few people actually recognize that in my lyrics. Because I tend to cloak everything in like sort of fantasy sci-fi me- metaphors, but um, I wish it, even local shows. I wish were more varied. You know, they, mm-hmm. pe- people tend to book shows that it's they're like, well, we, these bands sound almost identical, so they should all play tonight. And I would, I just wish that there was a mm-hmm. exposed. Pe- I mean, I you know, the dream is like a metal band and some amazing local hip hop group, and I don't know, you know, like a pop pop punk band. You mm-hmm. know, like, but I don't know if you can build an audience that way. Uh, or, Girl or, Pope broke up, so we're out of pop <laughs> Yeah, I'd go to that show. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's just, I mean, I, I hear you, right? On the one hand, it's got to be super useful to have the classifications and people can find their oddly specific niches. But at the same time, like part of what makes music so great is that cross-pollination, you know, that you get exposed to different things and your music kind of takes you down different pathways into liking different stuff. So I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I think probably the answer is more live music. <laughs> please, <laughs> yeah. please God. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can tell you that the, uh, the album, it's the album's going to come out in November, maybe first, first Friday in November. Okay. Um, world premiere. I'm, uh, this is the first time this has been publicly announced. The album's Here called false dawn. Oh, Ooh. all right. All right. Cool. And, and I can say like, it's going to take you down a lot of those musical pathways because it started out, it was supposed to be just an acoustic EP and we ended up working on that and then taking some of the songs we had written that were going to be the third album a long time ago. And we were, when before the bass player and the drummer quit and like mashed it all together to make an album out of it. And so it's, so there's extremes in terms of like some much more acoustic based stuff also probably the heaviest like most metal song we've ever written and and a lot of stuff in between there man that sounds like a really trite cliched way of talking about music but <laughs> and everything in between one of those people i like everything except rap and country oh man i don't rap i would say there's probably i don't you know there's no steel guitars on this album but um, well try better yeah. well we know you line dance so there's got to be right yeah that's true be, yeah we're do, we're having the album release party at Howdy's. <laughs> you know, we'll, you know, we'll be there. Yep, occupying Howdy's. Um, 
Yes, uh, remember that. Remember that movement, Occupy Howdies. Yeah. <laughs> now, n- now you raise an interesting point, though. So you know, now you're not currently a, like a, a live band or a touring band. Is that? Do you have plans in the works to you know change that or add new members? Yeah. Are you Are you looking for a bass guitarist and a, a drummer? Or we we talked about it recently, and like we're kind of pretty happy with just sort of focusing on recording, you know, being a studio band at the moment. I mean, if somebody, you know, this album catches the right attention and somebody's like, Hey, do you want to, I don't know, you know, do this big show or whatever. Right. Do you want to tour Finland? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not saying no, like we, I'm sure we could find a rhythm section and, and rehearse in a couple of weeks for something worth it. But yeah, that's not really where our heads are at at the moment. It's it's hard to explain because I know like when you think of a band, you know, it's four guys sweating on a stage. Mm-hmm. That was never my favorite part. I, shows are okay, but I just like I don't love being on stage and performing. I like I really like singing. I really like writing songs and lyrics. And there's a like a weird pressure about being on stage and being like the front yeah, man right. of a band, which is not I don't I don't know. It's I mean, it's the difference natural. between like painting something in your own home, you know, and, and versus like being one of those people who is in a sports arena who does a painting in front of like <laughs> thousands right. of people in the audience. <laughs> you know, and it's not enough that the painting be good. You have to do it like acrobatically, you know, to right. keep everyone entertained throughout yeah, the process. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's tough, and you know, it's it's. I don't know if it's necessarily my my uh, natural talent for me to to do that kind of stuff. I guess every, you know nobody's great at anything right away. You sort of have to learn. But I remember when Mighty Mighty Boss Tones they didn't they, they just have someone dedicated to dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that's what yeah. we need. Yeah, we yeah find a dancer, dancer. a dedicated yeah. dancer. Right. Yeah, what, I'll, I'll what dance. You, yeah. Sure, I'll be a fly boy. Is there any ska on the album? Ed? <laughs> <laughs> so f- funny story. The uh, no, but oh. still a funny story. <laughs> The the B side of the second single, which is going to come out in October, is a Led Zeppelin song. Okay. And again, like we kind of had this discussion, like, are we going to cover it really close, or are we going to try and do something, you know, really push it, stretch it, do something weird? And I batted around the idea of actually like having a horn section double the guitar mm. riffs, which I actually stand by. I think that would be fucking sweet. That'd be, that would yeah. be sweet. So there's a bunch of Zeppelin songs I'd like to do that too. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Jamie Page will like. Get together with me and we'll do right. <laughs> yeah, like right. The big band. He listens. Zeppelin album. He's a big. He's a big yeah. listener of huge fan of the show. Yeah. So. Square. But uh, but we decided not to do that. It's more we're doing more of a garage rock take on Led Zeppelin for right. the for the second. But we almost got there. <laughs> I mean, if if you do decide to do it, reach out to the uh, the people at Brass Pro. Yes. Right. <laughs> the, the right Brass Pro and the Waterfront Revivalists. Right. Yes. Uh, besides having great like, band. The, besides having yeah. the best pun name of any band locally. Um, oh, is that a real thing? Yeah, that's a real band. Oh, oh my gosh. Brass Pro and the Waterfront Revivalists. <laughs> that's very funny. That's amazing. I just remember the time our bass player went to Bass Pro and he just stormed out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but the people at Brass Pro, like, if you're looking for a horn section, they can hook you up. All right. I keep that in mind. So, Ed, if, if, if you're, like, uh, a curious listener of our podcast, you're like, Space Lord, hell yeah. Sounds really fucking badass. Where can we where can we listen to your music? Best place is bandcamp.spacelordband.com. Okay. Or just go to Bandcamp and search for Space Lord. There's another band called The Space Lords, which... Not you. Not yeah, us. Not they suck. <laughs> no, they're, they're really cool. Um... I actually wish they sounded more different from us than they do. Oh. But um, just one of those things, you know, <laughs> like we, you go through a million names and like any name you pick, there's somebody yeah. that has the same name or is close to it or whatever. Are, are you guys also on um, some of the other bigger streaming services? Um, so the 
Second album's on Spotify and Amazon and I think iTunes. The earlier, the EP and the first album, I do not believe are anywhere other than Bandcamp. Um, but if you go to Bandcamp, you can buy digital copies of everything. I think it's like 14 bucks to buy literally every song we've ever released. Uh, and I have a very limited supply of vinyl of the last album still available and a couple of T-shirts, especially if you wear small, if you're small. As we all are here on the Square Podcast. Right, right. Yes. I was actually going to bring you guys shirts, and then like I, like I sold a bunch this week, and, and I'm like down to all smalls and a couple of XXLs. <laughs> well, we're, 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 not, we're not quite XXL, and we're, we're not quite small. And definitely not smalls. No one here is a small. Well, yeah, no, that's... That's freaking awesome, and yeah, no, we're excited for the new album to come out. What about um, uh, what about social media? Where can we find Space Lord? Is there Space Lord on the internet? There's a Space Lord band Instagram page. Um, I gotta tell you how much I hate using Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah, we're new to it too. Yeah, hey, follow we, the Square just, Podcast, or what yeah. are we? The Square. Squ- we're Square, Square Podcast. Square Podcast. Instagram. Yeah, really follow, easy. Follow us. Easy plug. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Space Lord Band also on, on Instagram. Um, we have a Twitter. It's also Space Lord Band, but it, um, and w- and we use it actually. Rich has been better about using that because I I kind of disowned it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you want to just like follow me and because I talk about band stuff on my own Twitter, I'm Robot Viking, or just search for Ed Grabinowski, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think there's a Facebook page too, but I don't have. I can't, you can't see Facebook if you don't mm-hmm. have Facebook, so mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Somebody else runs that. Rich Rich. There's only one other somebody. <laughs> somebody else. It's a, it's a fan site. Wow. It's, it, it's, run by, it's run by our moms. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, we are, uh, we'll, we'll get everything. We'll plug it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, plug it we'll, do, we'll do our thing with it. Uh, we're, we're super psyched because it's been, with all the delays, it has been a long time. I mean, and we've had songs done for probably a year now, and it's like, God, I desperately want people to listen to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, like, I'll just play it for people. Like, listen to this, please. <laughs> Validate me. <laughs> so do it. Do it, listeners. Yeah. Validate. Validate. Validate Ed. Validate Ed. And, uh, you know, Space you, you do what we tell you. So you're, right. mm-hmm. you're going you're gonna to buy Ed's uh, new album. You're going to go to Bandcamp. You're going to do it. Ed, do you have anything else? Because I know, you know, you've got a lot of irons in the fire all the time. Anything else out there that you want to promote uh, non-music wise or... Uh, no, actually. Okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just nose of the grindstone doing uh, doing dirty work, doing like marketing, copywriting and stuff. So n- nothing exciting that, that anybody else cares about. Okay. All right. Well, and if you do, again, you you are not just a friend of the pod, but you know, you're a friend. So we want to we wanna promote you where we can. Thanks, guys. Yeah. No, Ed, thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, head to Bandcamp, listen to Space Lord, fucking cool. Space Lord! Ed and uh, this is the square guys another one in the can mm-hmm. news keeps happening and so do we we keep coming years ne- will never stop years keep coming they don't stop coming like smash mouth right that's us on to the next one and another one you know where to find ed we mentioned our instagram but uh let's plug that a little bit more shall we okay instagram square podcast on the insta yep that's right yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be trying to push out more more stuff, you know, more more engagement. 
I, I think uh, I speak for all of us when, you know, I say we're a little, not uncomfortable, but this is new to us. Mm-hmm. You know, engaging is a, is a brand or something. Right. I don't even like to think of us as a brand. We're just dudes. Yeah, we got to get in that mindset, you know. Right. Hustle, grind. Hustle, hustle, grind, marketing mindset. Okay. Right, yeah. Yeah, we're just some dudes. Hashtag leadership. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're hashtagging. So, uh, we them boys. Uh, where can we find you, Rian, in social media? You can find me at Square Podcast on Instagram <laughs> um, and, and, and nowhere else. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at uh, Battle Gym of the Republic on Instagram or James Tamil on Twitter. Uh, you can find me, where is it? The Real Ryan Steele, I think. Yep. On Twitter. And I don't really like Facebook that much. It sucks. Yeah, so Facebook fuck, sucks. Fucks Facebook. Yeah. That and Instagram, whatever. Well, you can also support us on our Patreon, by the yep. way. You know, yeah, or buy the, some shirts. Buy some shirts. The link, link is in every description of the yep. podcast. And uh, we're going to be having a Christmas party this year. We'll have more details to follow. Um, That's so right. It's a Tom little, and Jerry Christmas party. Tom and Jerry Christmas party. Um, it's a little far out, but we will have more details as uh, as the event comes closer. Yeah, so we're going to be inviting friends of the pod. Uh, we'll get it out there to to cool listeners, you know. And we're looking to support the uh, Black Rock Food Bank. Yep. Yes. Yes. So we're you know we're not in it for the money. We're in it for the good time and uh, to help people out. So we'll get you more details on that as it develops. But uh, yeah, gents, I think that's a wrap on this one. Huh? Yeah, I think we did okay. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs>